You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Hello, everybody. This is the sixth time I've recorded this intro because I suck at technology, but welcome to episode 47 of Heart and Soul. It is just Catherine today, but I am joined by a very special guest and friend, Liz Wiley. Hey, everyone. Hi, Liz. How are you? (laughs) And we're in person, so maybe the audio will sound a little bit better today. We've been doing Zoom since, like, like COVID, so whenever we person, it's, like, special. Welcome. Thanks. This is fun. Yeah. So Liz is a soul sister. She um, has been training with me since March, February or March. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Like right, right when the shutdown yes. started. She came to a group class and then the world shut down and then we did online for a little bit and then she's been back and forth living in Wilmington. I'll let her tell that story. And Charlotte, but now we do one-on-ones virtually. So yes. I get to see her every day. Yay. Which is a treat. <laughs> Um, she just has a really cool story, story I know will be super encouraging for, for y'all, um, especially maybe you women who have been or are in like a tough relationship right now and maybe feel stuck or um, ashamed for leaving or ending a relationship. I just think that her story will be super um, encouraging to you. I know. Actually, I know it will be. Um, so, Liz, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Gosh, okay. Well, hey, everyone. I'm probably going to be a little nervous at first, but this is fun. Uh, so, I am Liz Wiley, and I, I actually work for a software company, do photography on the side as well. And, and I just, back and back in Wilmington and Charlotte, and that's how I got to know you through a great, great friend, mutual friend, soul sister as well. Uh-huh. And um, so, that's a little bit about me and what I'm doing now, but... You want me to kind of get into my story or? Yeah, I mean, why? Okay, so we'll, we'll start with what you just said. You, you're back and forth between Wilmington yes. and Charlotte. Yes. Why? Well, this year, because <laughs> I can't figure out where I want to live. No. Uh, gosh, well, this year has just been a crazy year. I started going through a divorce at the end of last year, middle of last year, and it was a new journey, journey of just trying to figure out who I am and what I, I want to do and where I want to be and living for God, God for a change. Um, so I love, love Wilmington, love the people here. And I started feeling like this is where I was called to. Um, but <laughs> with my job, it's based in Charlotte. And so I'm, I'm there still uh, doing a little bit of remote work, but I have to get into the office a couple days a week. So luckily I've got amazing people in Wilmington and I can come back and forth now. Yeah, I actually had, this is kind of a sidetrack, but I had, um, a girl from Dallas DM me the other day, and she was like, um, "How did you know that that you're supposed to move to Wilmington?" And I was like, "I was like, well, you know, I felt called. Like, I felt like I felt like about it, but I also knew that I could always change my mind." Right. right. Like my mom gave me this really good advice um, when I did when I did decide to pick up and move here from Texas. She was like, "You can always come back." Right. And I that like really just like made me feel so less stressed about it because if you make a mistake you can always turn around yes yes and I think we do put too much pressure on ourselves in that like sense because I you know again I have an amazing friend here uh that you know well Kelly and she pushed me she to say it doesn't matter what happens you can make a decision and it can be different in a few months from now so I actually even leave an apartment for a few months, few months short term and I was able just to enjoy it while I was here and then realize that it was the right time anymore to do that and I could step out and 
I'm still surviving and doing just fine. But that's a lot of what I've learned about myself in this last year. And yeah. hopefully others can learn that too. Yeah, it's been um, it's been cool to watch you kind of make those decisions. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. We had a little bit of technical dif- difficulty there for a little bit, but we're back. Okay, so let's rewind. You said you went through a divorce this last year. Yeah. Um, what kind of led up to that? Like, tell us a little bit about your story and your marriage. And Sure, yeah. Uh, so, and I'll warn everybody, I may get a little bit emotional about this, but it's because it's been a really crazy, wild, wild journey, but honestly, honestly, it's been awesome in the end. I know that's weird to say, maybe others will understand that and that here, really, but uh, I've married for just under 10 years, um, and when we met, it, we weren't God-fearing people. Um, I mean, I had a faith, I just didn't really have a relationship with Christ, and halfway through our marriage, uh, I developed that relationship, and... It was something I'd always wanted to make sure that we were both kind of on that path and going in that direction as well. And I found one of us were were heading that way and the other was not. And I never wanted to push it on him to have that relationship and, and you, know, you know, go in a direction he didn't feel called. Feel called. Um, but what it did do is that I, I started having this... When, we, when things just kind of started, started falling apart for us, um, we weren't seeing eye to eye or on the same page in that manner. And a lot of anxiety and depression started taking over. Um, one of us was growing and the other was not. And we weren't seeing how this relationship or marriage we felt was supposed to look. And I guess that, um, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I guess I should just be really honest. It was, it was abusive. There was verbal abuse. There was no physical abuse, but it was just very mentally challenging and, um, but I lived in it and I stayed in it because I was a Christian Christian woman and I felt that's what I was called to do to just you fight your marriage, you pray for your, your marriage. And I was ashamed. I thought, what will my family think? What will my friends think if they knew the truth that was behind these closed walls and how we weren't as happy as I was making the world see on social media? Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, where, like, did anyone know when all this was going on? Yeah, I definitely I made sure I reached out to... Um, my faith-based friends mm-hmm. and there was a couple that I really relied on uh, Barb and Kim I just they let me call and cry and they talked me through it and they would they've been witness to the anger that would come from the source or um, just the fights and the conversations mm-hmm. we would have so I did I made sure I, I surrounded myself with people that people that lift me up um, and be there for me to hold me accountable to not get too far into the depth of depression yeah so. Yeah, that's huge to have like a, some sort of accountability. Oh, yes. Because if you're isolated, I'm seeing that a lot with the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Is like isolation breeds like so much more like darkness. Yes. Because you're not letting anyone else to bring in to bring you any light. So when you were in like the toughest times, mm-hmm. did you have any like was it was it like back and back and forth? You'd have like some really good days in marriage and some like really. really really bad and then like figure out what was true and what was you were supposed to do I mean definitely like I, I will never sit there and say it was all bad mm-hmm. um I mean towards the end I can't really find a time that I was feeling happy but I would portray this happiness on the outside because you just didn't want people to think that I was starting to feel like a failure it wasn't even so much the marriage or the person it was that I was personally feeling like I was failing and letting people down so I made sure to always put that happy look on my face even when maybe times weren't great and there were highs I mean we had I look back and I'm saying yeah we had a great time there but I don't know how like real it it was Mm -hmm. just got to a point where you're you're like well this is marriage this is what's gonna be just kind of push through it and put a put a happy face on and 
Gosh, that would feel so daunting to be like, yeah. I'm in this forever. And, and it is. Um, it really is. And I think it what took it for me to really snap out of it was that I think, like you said, you have to surround yourself that aren't, um, you know, going to judge you for what you're going through or what you've been through. And I really do think a foundation of faith-filled friends is important. Um, but really what I had to believe and know for myself was that a counselor was okay too. Uh, for years it was suggested to me, but I just, I felt ashamed. Like, you know, you're failing if you're going to see a counselor. Only people who have like really serious issues need to see a counselor. So that was a big piece for me when I realized talking to someone professionally was where I saw everything really start shifting for me. And did you do that when you were married too, or did you wait until after you were separated? Uh, no, I started doing that during our marriage. Um, I had wanted to do couples counseling, uh, but it, it wasn't something that worked out or that he wanted. And so I just chose, though, it was time to take care of myself, yeah. um, mind, body, and soul. Because mm-hmm. my mind was in a bad place. I was depressed. I had anxiety. I put on a lot of weight. I had a lot of um, like stomach issues. And I know that sounds like really maybe TMI, but I did. I mean, you just don't realize what was taking place from the stress of being in such an unhealthy place. And so I did. I started to see a counselor on my own, and I really think that was just where everything started shifting for me. And it was during probably a year and a half before the separation started. Yeah, stress is nuts, how it affects you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Like, it's such a – I feel like stress and um, pressure is, like, one of the things that the enemy uses most to attack us. Yes. And I think, too, it's like you don't realize how much it plays on you and what it does to your body and your mind until you're out of it. And then you can actually see, like, wow, that's really what I allowed my body to go through from the stress. And I mean, we can get to that, too, like what I finally made that decision to step out of this. Um, and any toxic situation, whether it is marriage, relationship, job, um, a place that you're living that's not the right place. I mean, you have to remove yourself from it and then you'll start to see what a difference it does to your body. Yeah. So like, let's get to that then. When you made the decision, like what led up, what were like the final straws that led up to the decision of like, I have to go through a separation. Like I've got to go on my own. Yeah. And what did that feel like being in the church too? Well, I mean, being in the church I think that was honestly one of the things that plagued me for so long um, was the church and my family. Like I was so worried that like what would people think? Like what are what are the my people I'm surrounded with? Like the pastors and the um, friends I've been talking to are they going to think I'm like stepping out of what you know God tries to unify when it comes to marriage? Um, and then my family, I was really ashamed of like they're going to think I failed and I'm letting them all down. And what are people going to ask them? Um, but through the counseling and really trusting the people that were involved in church that I put myself close to, I realized God also doesn't call us to stay in a situation that is crippling us. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I got to a point where I knew I'd given it to God. I was on my hands and knees praying constantly. I was fighting for the marriage and I did everything I felt that I had and I could do in my own power. And I look back now and I know that there was actually multiple times the door was open for me to step out. But because of that shame I put on myself, Mm. I didn't step through that door. So it was until I really found that light and God saying, it's okay. You are still a child of God Mm -hmm. and you are going to be loved regardless. And 
grace is given and you're worthy no matter what, that I would rather you step out, be healthy, take care of yourself and find the opportunity to be you mm-hmm. and possibly love again and not stay where you are. Because yeah. I think we get trapped thinking that, what will others think? Are, yeah. we, are we then condemned for doing this and stepping out of a marriage, you know, as a Christian faith and as a woman mm-hmm. of that faith? I'm so glad you said that because I feel like anytime I've spoken with friends who are struggling in their marriage or in their relationship, or even like you said earlier, like in a job that's really toxic or any toxic environment, I feel like what I always go back to in my head, and obviously I'm not God and I don't have all the answers, but what I feel is the Lord doesn't like, yes, he promises that there will be suffering in the world. He doesn't want to cripple us. Right. That makes sense. Like he wants us to prosper. And if we're in a situation, especially a marriage where for years on end, you're not being loved like Jesus loves the church, which is what a marriage is designed to be then. And you're just miserable and you are not becoming the version of the woman of God that he is calling you to be. Then I just feel like, I mean, I don't know if I can make that call, but I just feel like you've got to actually evaluate that and see, is this something that I want to be in forever? Exactly. And, and that's, I mean, like I said earlier, it's like, it wasn't until I stepped out and made that bold decision. And, and I think what it was that clicked for me is I had heard another friend who was going through a divorce and she had said, she just woke up one morning and she realized she didn't want to be 15 years down the road, still in the same place she was now. Mm. And I mean, I have chills now just talking about it because I think that's what it, it clicked for me. I'm like, I don't want to wake up five years from now still being in this place of feeling like this is where I just have to kind of settle because this is, you just, you stick it out, you figure it out. And do I say if you fight for a marriage? Absolutely. And there will be suffering and you're going to have trials, but I also, like you're saying, we're not meant to be crippled. And mm-hmm. I think sadly too often, especially people who have that, you know, that Christian background that like we will be shunned, like if you divorce and yet I look at all these marriages that just are kind of complacent mm-hmm. and they're just comfortable, like with the idea of like, well, this is just what marriage is all it's ever going to be. And it wasn't until I like stepped out of that marriage and I found joy in myself. And then, I mean, it just all kind of fell in place. You know, I found the soul fitness and my soul sisters and I got healthy and all of it just started disappearing. And that's where you just have to put your faith in God and trust that he's got you. Mm-hmm. And once I stepped out, the healing began, you yeah. know, my, anxi- my depression disappeared. My anxiety fell away. I started getting healthy and it wasn't about losing weight. It was about just being fit and feeling well about yourself. Um, and all that shame disappeared. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, and that's where I was like, okay, God. And, and amazingly enough, you, you don't realize the support you end up really having. Like the friends that were like, oh my gosh, we never knew it was like that. Why didn't you tell us? My family, I felt bad that I never spoke up to them because a lot of them stepped back and said, why didn't you ever share that yeah. you were going through this, you know? Yeah, we so often like isolate ourselves so much that we don't mm-hmm. give people the chance to like be there for us. Right. And with the shame thing, this is why I freaking hate shame so mm-hmm. much, is like the only thing I can kind of relate to you on this with is my eating disorder. Like for so many years, I was so ashamed that I would possibly have to say out loud that I'm unhealthy, that I just didn't say it. So I, what I did instead was halt myself from healing for those years when I could have stepped into goodness before then by just letting that, by letting not shame define, not letting shame define me. And so I'm, 
I'm really glad that you brought that up because when you think about scripture too, Jesus, the people that he reached out to and loved on the most were the people that felt the most shame. And what he said to them and to everyone is there is no condemnation in Christ. So for us, I think it's really sad sometimes that we put this pressure on ourselves to feel like the church is going to condemn me when like Jesus, the origin of the church is saying, I'm taking away all condemnation, all shame. I'm breaking all chains. No matter who you are, where you, where, where you are, where you've been, or what you're going to do, right. there's grace for all of that. Yeah. Okay. And I think, too, like, we have to remember, and I, I've had to teach myself this, and we're all humans. Yeah. And we're going to judge. And I think, too, we sometimes put people in the church on such a pedestal, and we have to remember, too, that they're humans as yeah. well. So they might not even address the situation as they should, and I feel like sometimes they can let us down, and we feel like, of all places, like, that shouldn't have happened, but that's where we're not put to trust in them, and their faith, and our belief is in them. It's in God, and it's in the shed, the blood that was shed for us on that cross, mm-hmm. and that's why all that disappears, and we, we can't feel that shame anymore. And, and surprisingly enough, you know, when I did do it, I had... And I guess that's where I was like, wow, okay, God, because one of the pastors who I had been talking to entirely through my marriage and it helped me get through some things, he, he finally reached out. He's just like, I'm so proud of you. Mm. He's like, you know, like, this, Liz, I watched you fight and I watched you push through this. He's like, sometimes it just doesn't work out and it was okay for you to step out and the time was now. And wow. It's like, oh, okay. What thanks. a breath of fresh air. <laughs> right, right. So I think we put more pressure on people from our own views and our own perspective, then they're actually going to, how they'll handle it. So For real. Okay. So what did your, talk about your healing process. Like what did that look like? So you approach your husband and you're like, oh yeah. From there on, <laughs> what did it look like? Well, it, so, you know, I have nothing poorly to say about him at this point. I mean, we, we both are an understanding. It just happens. You mm-hmm. know, people grow and things change and it's okay. Um, but it's been a process. I mean, we're, we're almost, uh, 14 months now into the day that, you know, we stepped away and separated and, but I had to immediately say, okay, if this is what I'm doing now, now it's time to start the healing. Good. And, um, I started with friends that I disconnected from, from the marriage. Um, like ones that prior that had prior to the marriage. And then I stepped away from, uh, just because, I don't know, you get into a place when you are depressed and you have anxiety, you just don't really want anybody or talk to anybody. So I reconnected with them and that was the beginning of the healing process. And then I started, um, just taking care of my body, you know, making sure I was getting into scripture, um, Bible studies and, um, and not necessarily even with anybody else. I was doing them for myself. Um, I had to monitor what I let myself believe based on social media, mm-hmm. uh, because that is, as a lot of us know, can be a false um, persona. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think one of the fa- my best sayings I've ever heard somebody say that I love to hear is that social media is a highlight reel. Yeah, it's not behind the scenes. Yeah, and I think too that's why so many people were shocked to hear that we were getting separated. They're like, "What? You guys always look so happy." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna I'm make po- you." Yeah, I'm posting pictures of us <laughs> smiling, not like right. fighting. Yeah. Well, that's like when celebrities get divorces and everyone freaks out. Mm-hmm. It's like. Okay, well, you didn't see what was going on right. behind closed doors. Right. You know, you didn't know. Exactly. Um, I think, too, you know, whatever decision people ever make, whether, like I said, it is a divorce or a job, is that you realize, too, you're going to lose people that came with that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people will tell you they're not going to take sides. <laughs> they take sides, and that's okay. I had to teach myself to understand that. Um, and again, through this all, I've still been seeing my counselor, even to this day. And that is a really good – I highly recommend it to anybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people – won't do it, um, but they should because it just helps you get to talk about things without a biased opinion mm -hmm. on anything. Oh my God, I loved counseling. Yeah. yeah. And I think that a lot of people are like, well, I don't really know what is like quote unquote wrong with me. But then they feel, they still feel these feelings of depression and anxiety and all yeah. these like entrapments. And then you'll sit down in that chair and you'll just start yes. talking and then you'll figure out what's wrong. <laughs> oh, <quick>. yes. <laughs> and we're still figuring yeah. that out. This is like two years in and I'm like, oh, that's why I do that. Exactly. Um, and you don't realize how much stems from like childhood or you know, oh, yeah. when you're younger in school or relationships when you were younger. Like it's It builds life. and you're like, what? Yeah. I had no idea. And everybody has baggage and we all yeah. grew up with different scenarios and we've all had hard like hardships and troubles and that stuff adds up yeah. and it makes you who you are for good or for bad and yeah. you got to work through that so absolutely and you just really have to like you step back and know that even in the season that you're in and when you're out of that season or whatever regression it's making is that you are growing. Yeah. And that same pastor has told me, he said, you won't see the growth possibly when you're in it. It's when you get on the outside mm -hmm. of that season and the finish line of that one, that you'll look back and you'll say, wow. And that's where I'm at now. And it's such an awesome feeling to really look back. And like I had said earlier, where I was like, I found joy. I'm really happy now and I'm glad I went through it. And I know that sounds crazy, but you like I am. You can sit there and go, I grew here, I grew here, God got me through this here. And also what it does is it prepares yourself for the next time you're gonna uh, face a trial. Because you I was will gonna say, yeah. yeah it's like, like you go back and look at the redemption history yes. so that you can see yes. the redemption future that yeah, will yeah. come too. Like you can't what is it? Uh, there's some sayings like you don't realize the reason for the desert until you're on the mountaintop or something like that. But you're going to hit another desert. Oh, yeah. You know, that's one thing we're promised Absolutely. in this world is Absolutely. desert seasons. And it's in those seasons I feel like that the Lord teaches us the most. Yeah. Um, because I think we're more desperate for his words. Mm -hmm. Like, we're more desperate for his teaching because we're so low. Like, right. we're so depleted. We yeah. need him. And then when you're in the mountaintop, you don't necessarily go to the Lord for, you know for your water because right. you already feel like you're being filled up from so many other things that are good in your life. Gosh. And you know, as you say that, and I, I, that is so true. And I think too, it's a reminder because I remember going through some, like even after the, the separation, there were still these, like you said, my, I like to say hills and valleys, but mm -hmm. that's just, I mean, I'm, it's, I've got a tattoo of that, you know that, and that's just my reminder. But, um, I remember like being in the valley and craving it. Like, I couldn't get enough of the Bible and worship music mm -hmm. and prayer and journaling. And then it's like I slowly saw myself on top of the mountain and on this peak and I'm on this uprise. And I'm like, I'm not even spending as much time as I used to mm -hmm. doing those things. And you have to remind yourself, like, you still need him in those moments too. And I, do, I see other friends that are kind of maybe stepped slowly away. And I was like, well, are you still, you know, going to church or listening to your worship music? And they're saying, well, I'm, I'm in such a great place right now. And I'm like, no, like, <laughs> that's when we need to remember that we need him at all times. But yeah. um, I think it also prepares a way though for us to, when we can look back and know that, okay, the next time I'm in that valley, 
we don't have to stay there as long. Like mm-hmm. I look back and that valley was, I don't want to say it was the full 10 years. It wasn't, but it was probably the last five years. Mm-hmm. And then in the this last 16 months, I had a little bit of a valley as well that you know about. And that lasted though only four months. And I said, because I'm not going to allow myself to stay in it this time. Yeah. If we just are aware of it and get better at it each time and rely on him and call on him quicker. Yeah, because if you're, and also if you remember what he did last time, then you right. know what he can do this time. Yep. And you know how to call on that faster. Yes. I mean, we should be calling on it all the time. But yes, it's like, why we don't go stay in the sorrow? Like, we don't want to do that. We need to, you know, step out of it. And, and yeah. something somebody reminded me too, it's, this is again where we can feel unashamed for this. We think, well, I'm really sad or I'm, or I'm angry at God or I don't understand why I'm going through this. He, he knows we're going to do that and he's okay with that. But the amount of time we spend in that place, we need to make sure we spend that amount of time or more in the prayer and Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And it was when I understood that, that I, I, again, that shame went away. I'm probably going to have sad days. I'm going to have days I'm angry. I'm not going to understand and that's okay. But let's remember that we still come in prayer and petition and Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's just. We're, yeah, I'm doing that hymns Bible study that you saw earlier. And all of the hymns, like literally. So what it does is it, it gives you a hymn that you read through. And then it tells the story of the background of why that hymn was written and who wrote it. Oh, wow. Okay. Every single hymn that you hear in church growing up that's just like brings you so much joy and is so beautiful comes from the darkest stories. Like it as well with my soul comes from his whole family drowning. Wow. Drowning. Daughters and wife all drowned. Oh my gosh. And he goes back to that place and he sings it as well with my soul. And then you you listen to songs like Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing and you get to the end, it's like prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. like this was like a 23 year old man who was accused of being in a gang. And like, it's like all these crazy reasons or all these crazy stories behind the most beautiful right. words that we yeah. hear. So it's almost like people in the depths of desperation. That's when like beauty from ashes. That's yeah. when the beauty comes up Absolutely. from the ashes. Well, I think too, and we have to be open to share our stories, yeah. you know, because when you asked me to do this, I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why me? But I do have to remember that, I don't know, like, even if just one person hears my story and knows that who they are in Christ and that it is okay and that we can feel unashamed for those things, that then that's, that's great. I mean, I love that that comes from that. And think some of these, like, amazing worship leaders and singers and these songs we sing today, a lot of them came from, like you said, those dark places, like Zach Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just went and saw him the other day, and he's amazing. But that's what his story is. And we just have to remember that, again, we might go through these trials, not just for ourselves, but how God wants to use us. And that way yeah. we can make sure he's getting all the glory and that we bring others to his kingdom. And so I just hope maybe someone hears this story and can be touched and and for whatever reason. Yeah. And someone can reach out to me, too. I'm more than welcome to that, too, if they want yeah. to talk further or deeper about that. For sure. I'm definitely going to share your um, Instagram and stuff on the show notes so people can see. But like you were saying, I think the more that we share – so I think it's like a Brene Brown quote. I'm obsessed with Brene Brown, but it's something like it, the more you sh- are vulnerable, that like that's the most courageous thing to do. Like that actually makes people stronger. That's a paraphrase, obviously, because the more you share your story, it makes people feel less alone and it takes the shame away from them. Right. So like my hope for people listening to today's episode is if you do feel like you're stuck in a toxic place whether it's a relationship or a work environment or whatever season of life like 
that doesn't make you any less of a child of God or any more or less worthy. Right. You know, you're yeah. still just as valued and just as worthy. And that shame, we need to throw that away because mm-hmm. we shameless living, y'all. Like we don't do that here. Right. Nope. And yeah. that, I mean, and I mean, how good is God? Because it couldn't have been more perfect timing to step into this journey with you as well. And I, I mean, I did. I was very hard on myself a lot of times with like how I looked or how I felt. And then here's shameless living. And now we talk about that all the time. It is just about loving life and feeling good about who we are and accepting who we are. It's not about comparing ourselves to someone else or trying to be a certain way. Um, it's just living who God calls us to be. Yeah, and God like openly tells us so many times in Scripture like that He wants to sit with us in the mess. But so often we don't want to be messy. Right. Like we want to, or not, it's not that we don't want to be messy. It's like we want to ignore the fact that we're messy. Right. When that's when he like comes and sit next to us and he's like, I'm here. Right. You know? Oh, so. yes. It, and it's hard too. I think for me, I've always struggled. His hand's always there to take and I've all, you know, I've had the relationship, but it was really taking his hand and stepping into it because I think I was so afraid of what I'd lose if I really mm-hmm. stepped in my relationship with Christ and not even though I knew I was going to gain so much from that. And oh, that's, no, that's so relatable. That's where the really transition for me from into that separation, that it was okay. Because I'm like, but I'm going to lose my friends, and I'm going to lose what people think of me, and uh, what if I never find love again, and all mm. these things, and not really realizing the joy that was going to come from stepping out of that and just trusting God. And, I mean, you know, it's playing out before my very eyes right now as we speak, and he's just so good, and mm-hmm. that's just... He sure is. So um, now when you look for a relationship, wink, wink, (laughs) what do you, um, like what are non-negotiables for you? And like, what do you look for? Not just for in a man, but for how you are, how you are in that relationship. Right. If that makes sense. Well, absolutely. Because that was one thing that I realized I lost myself Mm -hmm. in that relationship and no one's fault but my own. Um, you know, I was the one feeling like I had to change all these things and do a certain way and be a certain way. And what I've learned is a relationship is about compromise. It's not changing who we are um, or it's growing. I mean, yes, we, we don't want to always stay in that same place because then we're just complacent. Mm-hmm. But um, it was knowing that it's okay for me to have my group of friends and have girl time. Yeah. Like that is one. I lost that and I craved that. So, um next relationship 100% like they have to understand and they do understand I was, saying, yeah, I was like don't <laughs> be around the bush there he understands um that and and it's and it's supportive of it too there can't be a jealousy that comes from either direction of like well, what do you mean you want to spend time with your friends and not me so that's a non-negotiable there has mm-hmm. to be time for friends and understanding from the other person both ways mm-hmm. um but first and foremost, like for me, it is a God-fearing man. Yeah. I want someone, I have someone who is leading the way and teaching me that this is what it looks like to chase after God and all that he calls us to be and to make sure that we are sharing our testimonies that others come to know who Christ is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is leading that way and he takes my hand and does that. And it's pretty amazing. Um, and I think we know that if, God is at the center of it. When we do face those trials and sufferings, we know exactly where we need to make sure we're recentering. Mm-hmm. And that is a non-negotiable for me, absolutely. Okay, so you you have a boyfriend? <laughs> I guess the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Um, very, very wonderful man. Uh, treats me 
more than I had ever dreamed or imagined. And that's where it was trusting God in that too, because I had always had this dream of, like I said, a, a guy who loves God, chases after God, um, loves me for me, supports me. And now I'm like, wow, came out of nowhere, wasn't looking, wasn't expected. Mm -hmm. Um, and immeasurably more is 100% God. Yeah. I mean, he does do it. And it was never what I had dreamt of. I thought I had it all. Yeah. And then, wow, what he's blown my mind with with this person is pretty amazing. I think that that's also a big fear for women, especially, too. It, and I've obviously never been in a divorce, but I have, like, gotten out of hard relationships mm -hmm. where you feel like, if I leave, then I'm never going to find someone. Like, I'm too far gone or um, – no one's going to want to marry someone right. who's been divorced or, you yeah. know, and then here you are, you know, a year and a half almost out, mm -hmm. out of your divorce and you've already found that person that is so much better for you. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of women probably feel like, oh, well, if I leave this, I'm never going to find anything right. better. Well, and that, that was definitely a big thing that kept me in it for so long was that. I mean, I am, I'm 38. I'm just like, no one's going to love me or what are they going to look at? Like having a divorce. And, um, but I had to realize that, I mean, it, it isn't about loving someone else or mm -hmm. finding someone else. It was about loving ourselves and I yes. have to love me. Right? <laughs> Snap, girl. Snap. Oh um, and that's, because how can I love someone if I'm not loving myself? And how can you receive love if you exactly. aren't able to love yourself? Exactly. And and this is where God's timing is just amazing because, and we talk about this, um, the guy I'm seeing, that had this happened months earlier or anytime sooner, it wouldn't have made sense and it wouldn't have been the right time. And that's why we have to trust God's timing. Mm -hmm. um, I had to really learn this last year to be still. Mm. Ooh, that is hard for me. I'm a control freak. I want to make Same. sure I'm doing it all and doing it right and taking care of it myself and stepping back and really just letting God lead me has led me to this point because I wouldn't have been able to, like you said, receive the love that this man is now giving to me. Yeah. Mm. And I love watching you receive it. I know. He's it's, so good to me. so good. It's so good. <laughs> well, I love... Where I love watching how the Lord has like totally redeemed your story in the last yeah. even six months, and I and I know that your story being shared right now, thank you for being brave and sharing it, is going to like you said, if we don't share our testimonies, then like right, people are people are gonna miss out on all that God is doing. So I'm really glad that you were brave enough to open up and share, and I know our listeners will be too. But you're not done yet. We have four questions that we ask every single guest. Oh goodness! And okay. I did not tell you what they are. <laughs> But um, I'm going to ask you today. Okay. The first question is, what is something that you are binging or currently obsessed with right now? It can be a show, a book, a podcast, food, um, a wine. <laughs> all wine. All wine. <laughs> all wine covering. I mean, really? So that might be it. It's red, red wine. <laughs> so red, the red wine. But, um, oh gosh, you know what? It's funny. So every time I'm back in Wilmington, I have some binge items. So uh -huh. here's some plugs for Wilmington. Adapt. Yeah. Yes. I love their bowls. I have to get one every time. Um, and then Zeke's, I go and get the bowls there too. Mm -hmm. So those are my shameless plugs yes. for those two places. Adapt and every Zeke's. time I'm here, 
Gotta and binge them. Love those. And cravings. Can't oh, forget cra- cravings. Well, I already ordered my box of that. She's <laughs> dropping that off Friday. <laughs> so, yes, 100% cravings. Thank you, Charlotte. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte. Shout out to Charlotte. Okay, next question is, what is something, and I know the year is almost over, which is crazy, and I'm so thankful also. Oh what is something you're looking forward to in the rest of 2020? So, you have like uh, a month and a half. So, I am... 100% a Christmas nut. And last year I had my Christmas tree up before Halloween. Oh my I went gosh. away. But this year I, 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 bought, I have them in a new house. So I didn't. But I did buy my Christmas tree this week. And I'm going to put it up before Thanksgiving. So yes, I'm one of those people. That's what I'm Yes, I love that. I'm excited. I think we're all excited for Christmas this yes. year because it's like been such a crappy year. Christmas music has been on in my house already. We did start, I can't help it. We did start playing this past week yeah. in Christmas music. And I feel good about it. Feel good about that decision. Okay, next question is: What is something that you love about yourself? I love the confidence I've gained. Mm. Uh, I definitely struggled with confidence my whole life, not just through my marriage, my entire life. And like I said, through counseling, supportive friends, and just um, getting in my faith deeper, and just knowing who I am as a daughter of God, and that I just my confidence is really great. And soul fitness, of course. <laughs> I'm like, where's the shameless <laughs> button? I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I'm like, I binge soul fitness too, no doubt. I mean, this is true. I'm five she days a week. Five days a week. No, that's true. But yes, I mean that that was a big part of that confidence. And, and again, we we talk about the body image. It's knowing that it's the right body image for me, mm-hmm. and it's it's not going to ever be anybody else's look or physique it works for me it's, it's what you. makes me healthy and that's what's important so that's, that's so huge yeah. so huge okay last and final question okay. which I feel like you've already done this entire episode but if you could tell women one thing one little piece of truth to walk away with today what would it be oh my gosh I feel like I have done this a yeah. lot of things throughout this episode um just don't be afraid mm. I mean you just gotta lean into God and know that no matter what he's He's there with you. Um, he's not going to forsake you, and we've been given grace. And yeah, just just step out. And I know I don't know everyone's situation, so then maybe there's a fearful reason to not step out. Then seek the professional help or the person that you can trust to help you mm-hmm. do that. Like I would definitely encourage people reach out to someone. Go to someone. Yeah. Go to a professional. Yeah. I think this is like our 99th or 100th episode, which is crazy. And no one's ever said, don't be afraid. And I love that you said that. It's really good. Wow. Really, really good. Stop. I'm getting chills. I know. <laughs> and I didn't quite get emotional, but I almost did there. <laughs> you were strong. Well, um, where can our listeners find you for either advice or photography? Oh, gosh. Well, on Instagram, which is what I'm mostly on, is E Wiley. 11? Yeah, I think. I think that's right. I'll put <laughs> it in the then, show notes just in case. And then uh, my photography is also at Liz Wiley Photography. So Awesome. Yeah. And I will link all that in the show notes. Thanks so much for, Thanks for having me. And I'm, I missed, I would have loved to meet Chelsea, but I know she's busy today. Yeah, one day. So, hey, Chelsea. Hey, Chelsea, we miss you. <laughs> all right, listeners, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>